This is Rodney from the Masculine Journey Podcast, where we explored manhood within Jesus Christ. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Sit back, enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Sometimes we're real close friends. We stay up late and talk at night. Other times we don't get along. There are even times we fight. But I know she's always there. And I know she'll always care. She's my sister. I love my sister. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now... You can't count on me like one, two, three, I'll be there. find yourself in the bull rushes you need a sister <laughs> but even better if you have a sister wife so today on the christian car guy show a bit different right you, you know make you think or think about what i'm talking about here when you find yourself in the bull rushes like moses right you need a sister, but even better if you have a sister wife. So how cool is that? We're going to dig into that. And at the bottom of the hour, we actually have John Bowen with us, and they got a live tour going on of The Thorn, um, which is this um, unbelievable epic drama of God. And, and certainly you can think about what The Thorn might entail. <laughs> and so when you think about it, um, you know, as you're driving around looking at the leaves today, and they're changing, and a lot going on with that, I don't know if you thought much about the fact that in heaven, all these relationships that God put us in as far as a family are going to be revealed to us, and every once in a while, he will give you a spectacular view of it that perhaps you hadn't seen before, and I hope you get a chance to taste that today a little bit on a Christian Car Guy show. So, you know, I... Several years ago, God gave me this idea that to, rather than me figure out where I wanted to go and studying the word, that I would ask him every morning, like, and, and, and I found out there's even a verse in Psalm 119 that says, you know, order my steps in your word that not any iniquity be befalled in me. So God begins to walk me through where he wants me to go in the scriptures. Well, I was on the season of like, man, a lot going on in my life. Okay. I, I was speaking in this big, huge rodeo in Eastern Carolina. Like that was a huge event with all sorts of folks. That was really exciting. And then I almost turned around immediately and went for a week chasing after the heart of God at Nikita Koloff's man camp. Okay. And so Robbie, you're coming back from man camp after a week of doing that. And you're talking about sister. Oh yeah. There's a reason for that. 
And oh, did I experience so much of family, you know, during that time at man camp. So, you know, and I was asking God, you know, where are we going? You know, it was about 10 days ago. He said, I want you to study the word family. And so along those lines, today's show is brought to you by the Hebrew letter Aleph. And the letter Aleph, as you may know, is the beginning of the word, most of the actual names of God, Adonai, El, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's the first letter in the alphabet, it means one, like ahad, like is in the, in the famous Deuteronomy 6-4 Shema prayer that the Jews say all the time because it has to do with unity, which family is all about unity. And the idea is it is the first letter and it represents the number one, but the word itself, Aleph, means a thousand. So it's unity in plurality. So as I began to study that, you're going to see in a minute why that's so significant. The letter Aleph begins the word father, it begins the word mother, it begins the word sister, and it begins the word brother. Do you think that's a coincidence? I don't think so. So we look a little bit deeper into that. So the first place I went is just let's look at the word family in Hebrew, and I'll spare you all the, the alphabet that's in there and just give you the basic root of the word means a pinnacle. Okay, and so those of us who live near Pilot Mountain, North Carolina, I know some of you may be in Seattle, Washington, or wherever you may be today, you probably can picture a mountain pinnacle somewhere, and what you're seeing is nothing but bare rock, right? And the idea of that being family is actually wind-swept rock. Now, I don't know about your family, but if your family's like my family, when everything else is blown away and you're left with, like, you lose everything or all sorts of things go on in your life, you can always fall back on family, right? Oh, absolutely. E even if you get a divorce, your mother and father are still there. In other words, it's family. is It's bedrock, right? And it's at the top of the mountain. And it's very, very, very significant in everybody's life. And you're going to learn throughout your life you know, in so many different ways, how important that's going to be. So, when you look at father, you might have heard it, Abba, right? <laughs> you know, that's what Jesus said from, you know, Abba, father, you know, why have you forsaken me? So, you can hear that Aleph, and you can actually hear a B sound, which is the bed, right? So, Aleph, bed. Well, if you look at mother, very cool, it also begins with the Aleph, like all families' words seem to. <clears throat> and then has a mem, because if you think about it, you're carried in your mother's womb in all this water, and the mem is a signal of water, and of course you are born of water and of blood, both physically and, right, with your mother, and so you hear them on the chosen baby say, Ema, Ema, same thing, starts with an A, or an Aleph, and it has that mem, okay? And then you got brother, very, very cool, very cool, also starts with an Aleph, but then that's a, a het, and this the second letter of that one. And that has to do with being married to something, being united with something. So your brother has the same blood that you do. Whether you're in Christ with a brother, you've got, you know, Jesus, you've got some royal blood going on between you and your brothers in Christ. 
But your your blood brother, like my brother Mark, you know, you speak a certain language if you have a brother. Like my brother and I, you know, we, we share some friends from the past. And I sent him a, a, a clipping of an old friend I'd seen in the newspaper whose name was Skipper Wagner. And he immediately texted me back, Chub W. And, and I had not heard that word in 50 years. But only my brother would know how much that meant to me <laughs> to see just that word because my brother and I speak the language that, that only my brother and I speak. And it's a, it's a union that I can be, I can have not seen my brother because my brother lives in Tennessee. You know, sometimes we won't see each other for a couple of years, but the second we're together, there's nothing that's changed, right? That's a brother. So when I flipped over to what's a sister, it actually shocked me. I was like, what? Why would that be that it is spelled the way that it is in Hebrew? But I love to be shocked because that means, Rob, you are fixing to learn something. And boy, did I learn something. Sister is actually spelled to begin with exactly like brother. And yes, your sister speaks that language too. Right? You shared things with your sister, and she knows things about your family that only people within the family, like if I say in my family, go Bob Dilmore on somebody, everybody in my family knows exactly what that means. <laughs> in other words, it's, this is Dilmore speak, okay, that, that, that you have within your family, and your sister has that too, and you have a unique bond with her. But then... I won't go into a lot of detail about the third letter, but the fourth letter I do want to go into detail, and it said letter Tav, which has to do with no man left behind. See, the letter Tav is the last letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and if you look at the last verse in the 119th Psalm, which begins with the letter Tav, because it's all about the letter Tav, it finishes well, because what it says is, we like lost sheep have gone astray. Seek thy servant, for I forget not thy commandments. In other words, I love you because I'm going to keep your commandments. But the idea of that is the tribe of Dan would be the last ones out of the camp. And that, that word Dan is inside of the word Tov. And, and that idea of this group of people is going to go find all the lost sheep. Well, so the picture of sisterhood, the perfect picture of sisterhood is Miriam in the bulrushes. What kind of courage would it take for this little girl right? Like, excuse me, Pharaoh's daughter, I know you're trying to kill all our people, and I know that a little boy is supposed to be murdered on the spot, but hey! <laughs> I mean, what kind of, think about the courage, think about how much love she had for her little brother, that she would follow him down through the bulrushes, and then have the unbelievable, you know, courage to speak, because Why? Because she was Moses' sisters. And oh, I got, a, I got a real treat for you that's right along those lines when we come back. But most of all, I would love to hear your sister, especially your sister-wife story. So we're going to get into that. we got a lot more coming up, plus the thorn at the bottom of the hour. I'm so excited to share this sisterhood of wifedom. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. You can count on me like one, two, three, I'll be there.
yourself in the bulrushes. You need a sister, <laughs> but even better, a sister wife. But before we, we, you know, we left our hero Moses. He was in the bulrushes, and his sister was being phenomenally bold, and she was being a sister. Okay, and I don't know if you've ever. I, I was put this together when I was thinking about this because one of my favorite things to think about is the word Miriam in Hebrew was translated Mary in Greek. Okay, so all those women at the tomb, their names weren't Mary. Okay, if you had been there, you'd hear a whole lot of Miriam getting called out. Okay, because that's the way that that word is. It's Miriam. Now, do you think that's an accident? That there at the tomb that day, three sisters were out there looking for their lost brother. Do you think that's an accident? And... Do you think it's an accident that they're all three were named Miriam just so God could put an exclamation point on what this looks like? I mean, he, he, this is like, get the picture, Robbie. Yeah, I'm getting it. Okay, I, I, it's coming in loud and clear. Okay, but when you think about it, and I, the more I have thought about, you know, Abraham telling the Egyptian Pharaoh that his sister was actually, his, you know, his wife was his sister. He couldn't be more right because Tammy, my wife, right? She has the same bloodline I do. It's Jesus, okay? And so she is all together my sister, and oh, does she keep me out of the bulrushes. I'm just saying. <laughs> and maybe your wife does the same thing. So I'm just going to give you a little list with a story. So whet your appetite so that you can think of your story, because that's the real thing, is I want to hear your testimony. I want to hear what God has done through sisters in your life. 866-348-7884. But it, this is a very long list, but I would do want to boil it down with one Dillmore legend story. Okay, so to begin with, my wife forced me to go to church if I was going to date her. <laughs> this led to my salvation, right? So I would really, truly, by all means, be in the bulrushes. They would be right squarely in the bulrushes had my wife not been my sister. Okay, you get the picture. I mean, that, that just starts with, that's fundamental, that's bedrock, that's my pinnacle, right? I get to be in the same family with my wife, okay? When Robbie was afraid of the dark, I mean, if you've listened to this show long enough, you've heard the stories, okay? Who got up out of bed to, to check <laughs> what's going on in the house? That would be my sister wife, okay? Now, when I got cancer, oh, what she went through, Right? doctor's appointments, this, that, oh my goodness. Then, of course, the Jeep got crushed, crushed me and I was in a cast for three years. What my wife had to do to take care of me in bed, literally. Um, I know I was in bed at least six months. Um, and then I was in a cast for over two years in a wheelchair for a period of time. She wheeled me around. It was, it was believe me, she was my sister. Then the brain abscess. Okay, this is just a short list. <laughs> just... <laughs> and the, you know one she you're would hitting, tell you you're just hitting the major stuff right yeah now. the one she would tell you about first and foremost was the time I shot my thumb off <laughs> with my crossbow on Christmas day <laughs> and she ended up spending Christmas day in the emergency room with me she would tell you that one but the one that I find the most comical that I wanted to share was 
when I fell 35 feet out of this tree, which sounds really painful. It is. <laughs> Don't recommend it, huh? Don't try this at home to see what your wife will say, okay? So I'm outside working on my daughter's treehouse slash deer stand. <laughs> and I sit down on this board that I thought was a perfectly good board, but Jerry, it just wasn't. <laughs> and I actually go head first backwards. I'm 35 feet in the air and I start finding myself down, you know, and yes, things go through your mind. And what went through my mind was, man, this is going to hurt. <laughs> and I will tell you that it did. And I'm pretty sure I cried out for Jesus numerous times on the way down. But that comes really quick, okay? It, it may be 35 feet, but the ground will come quickly. And, and, and when I fell, I couldn't breathe. But I couldn't breathe just because the wind was knocked out of me. You know, because of the way I fell on my shoulder, it, it broke all the ribs on that side, at least five of them, and it collapsed that long. Well, being a deer hunter, and I'm realizing that I have, you know, broken ribs and lungs had been punctured and I can't breathe. I'm like, what have I got? Three minutes, four minutes, seven minutes. You know, I'm trying to do the math and whatever it is, I don't have long. And nobody knows I'm out there. I mean, or knows that I've fallen for sure. And so I'm, I'm like, man, I've got to get to my wife. I've got to get to my wife. You know, she'll get me out of the bull rushes once again. And so I still have no, no idea how I got to the back door. But I know I basically crawled because I couldn't stand. And so I crawled somehow through the front door. And I'm absolutely ashen gray because I can't breathe, right? And my wife is actually sitting there playing with my granddaughter. And I look up at her and I said, Tammy, call 911. Because <laughs> I couldn't breathe. Call 911. And she looks at me and she goes, you know, again, I've, I've crawled in on my hands and knees, right? And I'm just, she looks at me and she goes, are you sure? <laughs> you know, I was like, oh. But anyway, yes, yeah, she called 911. And, I'm, you know, once again, she saved my bacon. And then, you know, it's one thing, you know, obviously to be there for you. But all the stuff that came after that, right? All the recovery, all the taking me in and out of bed, all the putting up with my shenanigans when I'm sick. <laughs> You know, see what I mean? She was always there when I was in the bull rushes and she always will be. And, and so as you're thinking about this whole concept of how God put together families, right, Jerry? I mean, it, 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 it was really his idea because he, he's, he's the head of the family. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sitting here hearing those stories, you know, it just, just reflects, you know, what, what God wants that relationship with us and stuff. I mean, he wants to be the one that's on a, Call nine one one, and he's nine one one. So it's a <laughs> it's a, a pretty quick call, but but that's what he wants, and and we can never we never grasp the the need of family until we're sometimes in a crisis when we should well before then. Right, right. Well, thank you. We are so glad now you're loaded up for a bear with your story. You can call us at eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four. Of course, we have the thorn. They will be calling in too, but we want to get to your story. And you got to, in order for that to happen, you do have to call us at 866-348-7884. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. You can count on me like one, two, three, I'll be there.
today, if you find yourself in the bulrushes, and I bet you have probably found yourself in the bulrushes, that's a great time to have a sister. And as we were talking about right before the break, the sister that Moses had, her name was Miriam. He found himself in the bulrushes, right? And who was there for him to make sure he got everything he needed? It was his sister Miriam. Well, Miriam in Hebrew is Mary in Greek. It just is. And so when Jesus needed a sister, he got three of them, right? At the tomb that day. Did you ever think about that? That that those sisters were in the bulrushes for him along that same line as we taste and see what a sisterhood's supposed to look like. That that a brother is one that sticks closer to you, right, than than anybody else. But a sister it sticks close like that, but she also is the one that's going to be looking out for you when you go astray. And if you have a big sister, and I have two of them that are that are, were images of this in my life in so many different ways, you know, that's the thing is you're thinking about those stories and warming up for that. We have a real treat for you today, unbelievable treat, speaking of the tomb. Um, the Thorn is this amazing theatrical production that's going across the country. It's coming somewhere close to you and if you look at my post on today's you know when you find yourself in the bulrushes story at christiancarguy.com you're going to find the thorn there you can click on that and find it where it's playing in your area but we have john bolin with us and john what an amazing thing you guys are doing i'm so excited to hear about it thank you so much i'm so glad to be with you this morning and with your audience uh and with so many other expressions but bringing Jesus to uh, so many people around the world right now yeah so give us a little background on, on how it got going and and you know uh, from what I understand you you actually it was your your kind of I guess co mission with God right in other words you, he, you and he have been working together on this plan for some time. Yeah, this, it's been, the Thorn's been around for 26 years. It began uh, when I was working as a youth pastor for a church in Colorado Springs, and uh, I was kind of an accidental youth pastor. I wasn't a great preacher, and so instead of, uh, instead of preaching, we would do what we called back in those days illustrated sermons. And um, there was one Wednesday night when after I had finished preaching, I sat down on the edge of the stage, and the 16-year-old girl came and sat next to me, and she began to cry, and she held out her arms, and I could see where she'd been cutting up and down her arms. So I looked at her, and I said, you don't have to do that because Jesus did that for you. And so I thought, you know what? Next Wednesday night, we're going to do a little skit, and we're going to show two things, the price that Jesus paid, and also what I think is the supernatural battle for the calling, the destiny, and the identity of young people. And so that was the, the first Thorn performance was the next Wednesday night. I can tell you, Robbie, it was horrible. The music was bad. The makeup was bad. <laughs> but, but something, and I'm not really a drama guy. We just sort of made it up and figured it out. And, and so it worked. And, and hundreds of young people had this encounter with God and found hope. And so then the church said, would you do it next Easter? We did it for the church the next Easter. And then it began to grow. And now here we are, 26, almost 27 years later and God has opened the doors to performing arts centers around the country. We've got a casting crew of 52 amazing world-class professional performers that love Jesus and love telling his story. And, um, it's been, it's been just, uh, an incredible miracle to watch what God's doing with this production. 
Yeah, John and I, I was wondering as I, you know, I personally have studied that, you know, it's a thread that runs through the Bible. In other words, you're going to find it in Genesis, right? It's all about the thorn. And certainly if you really study what Moses' burning bush was and what Sinai means, you're going to find what? The thorn. That's right. That's right. That's right. And actually my very favorite thorn passage of all the thorn passages, and you'll find them throughout, is in the Song of Solomon. There's a, a verse, and it says, Ye daughters of Zion, come forth and see the crown that his mother crowned him with on the day of his espousals, on the day of the rejoicing of his heart. Well, mother in, in Hebrew culture means your family. So that means your family crowned him with this crown. And I'm talking Robbie Dilmore's family, okay? Mm -hmm. Robbie's family crowned Jesus with the crown of thorns. But what's unbelievable about that verse, and always just makes my heart go pitter-pat, he rejoiced that day. Mm, that's so good. He rejoiced, yeah. right? Which is what you're, you're illustrating this for everybody, man. I mean, and like you say, that girl that was cutting, what better? I mean, isn't that amazing how the Holy Spirit gave you that? And it's exactly right. Yes, yes. And I'm telling you what Jesus did is hope to so many. And right now in our culture, in the world, you look at the conflict happening all around us. Uh, what we need is hope, and the only real hope is found in Jesus Christ. And that's what we bring with the thorn, is we illustrate it on stage to say, look, there's this grand story, and, and, and God has come to redeem and rescue, and, 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 that, and that's, the, that's the great hope of the world is Jesus Christ. So that's really what the thorn is, is this incredible love story of God coming down. And it's not, a, I can tell you what it's not, Robbie, it's not a typical passion play. It's not a musical Peter doesn't sing from the garden. In fact, there's only, there's only, there's, it's not, there's not Jewish line dancing. It's more like watching a, a visual multimedia, uh, Cirque style production. It features aerial acrobatics and martial artists. We have demons and angels battling it out on stage. It is a, it's a production as much for the guys as it is for the girls. It's a production that was built for high school and college kids. So young people love it and lean in and, and for two hours, they can't take their eyes off the stage and older people come and think they've died and gone to heaven. So it's amazing how it reaches across the generational, uh, uh gap and, and it, it draws people with interest. So if you, if you like live stage, you'll love it. If you're not sure you like live stage, I promise you, you'll still love the production because it resonates across the board. Yeah. And it's so critical of an understanding because the most difficult sins to get over with, you can't forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one of the most difficult things. You can forgive other people, but forgiving yourself is near impossible until you really count the cost that Jesus yeah. paid. And, and that's why I love, you know, what you're doing. And it's coming to somewhere near you, especially in our markets. Like you've got one coming in Greensboro, one in Richmond. You know, tell us a little bit about where it's coming. Yeah, it's so exciting. We This is the first time, so traditionally the thorn, which is the story of the redemption of mankind from the, the creation narrative in Genesis all the way through the book of Acts and the Great Commission. So it tells that story. It focuses on the life of Jesus. 
So for the last 26 years, Robert, we thought, well, this is an Easter thing. So it, really, we have to do it during the Easter season. And and, and this last year was, the, and traditionally, historically, we've always just played the thorn in big circuits. But we felt like God was saying, bring the thorn, the story of Jesus, to the public square. Like what Dallas, did, what Dallas Jenkins is doing so beautifully with The Chosen on right. secular television, bring it to the public square. So so we shifted this year and said, okay, that, that may be the, the worst decision ever, or we don't know, but we booked all secular performing arts centers in the spring, and it's sold out, 10 cities, 42,000 people in the spring. My wife and I could not believe it. Of course, we should believe it because God is, he's doing something in the world, but, but that happened, and then we thought, what if we could bring this to cities in the fall. We've never done the thorn in the fall before, but we felt like, you know what? I think this is not just an Easter story. This is the story for all, all time, regardless of the season. So this is our first fall tour and we're traveling to eight to actually nine cities this fall. We were just in Atlanta, Savannah and Chattanooga tonight. And tomorrow we're in Columbia, South Carolina. Then on the 25th and 26th of October, we're in Greensboro at the Tanger center for the arts. After that, on the 28th and 29th, we'll be in, at the Carpenter Theater in Richmond, Virginia, and then at the Santander Arena in Reading, Pennsylvania, and then on the 4th and 5th of November in Nashville, Tennessee, and then we'll finish out on the 7th and 8th of November in at the Kentucky Center for the Arts in Louisville. And then that will lead into the spring tour, which is a massive tour from February till May from Seattle to Miami. So, so yeah, we will be in your area in Greensboro, in Richmond, and then all the way down to, or, or over to Reading, Pennsylvania as well. That is so awesome, John. We are so honored that you would be on with us today. Again, if you look at my post today on christiancarguy.com, there's a link. Of course, you can just Google the thorn and you'll find all that easy enough where all this is going to be. Again, it's it's coming to a city near you this fall. If not, you can find out where it's coming next spring to you. But by all means, John, thank you. Um, I'm thank so you, Robbie. grateful for what, what you're doing, what God has got you, your mission. <laughs> thank you. We love it. Thank you so much. And to all your audience, have a wonderful, blessed Saturday in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. You can't count on me like one, two, three, I'll be there. find yourself in the bulrushes you need a sister but even better right if you have a sister wife and so we got one segment left we would love to hear your story i'm kind of heartbroken that nobody's called in yet but we got to get it done so you got to call us now 866-348-7884 866-34-TRUTH and it's interesting how the holy spirit guides this show in so many different ways for me like during the break I just came, you know, I was sitting there thinking about this unbelievably cool youth pastor, right? That begins, you know, he doesn't think he's much of a preacher, but I think he's more than much of a preacher, okay? God had a plan. Right, right, right. He took this, but his heart for this young kid that was cutting herself, you know, that was huge. It was just huge. And so we, Jerry and I started talking, said, 
you know, when you think about, you know, I have now, my kids are all grown up and they're long since out of youth, okay? And I started to think about all the times we dug them to church and all the time we drug them to youth and all the times we did all that. And long, 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 long ago, they forgot all the teachers and they forgot all the preachers. In other words, they don't have relationships with those people anymore. But what made all the difference in my kid's life was the other good kids that were the influence on them. In other words, they had a peer group. They had a sister that was truly a sister that really was looking out to keep them out of the bulrushes, right? Yeah, you and as I told Robbie, sometimes, you know, we don't, we, we always, you hear the, the saying strength in numbers, but I think we need that. I think, I think especially as, 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 as youth and our kids and stuff, they need to know that they have that, that, that core group of believers that they can always fall back on. They're going to, they're going to have their back and you're going to, I think part of the, the beauty of being a Christian and being around other Christians is the fact they're always going to have your back and you know you can always lean on them. Without and and I love what you said, actually, during the break. I would love for you to repeat it about, you know, th- that group of kids is going to decide to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kids are going to be drawn. That's what we don't. I think as parents, as grandparents, as as Christians, as adults, as teachers, as church leaders, we don't understand that all those voices that kids are hearing, all the noise and the clutter that, that that's, that's being thrown at them, and you know, sometimes we think, oh, they're in church one hour a week. That's going to take care of that. No, we, one hour compared to how many hours a week. But when you have that group, then all of a sudden, it's just like it is with an adult. If you know decisions are going to be made, I'm going to go to do this movie or I'm going to go to this party. But if you got another group on the other hand that's 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 Christian and solid and got a good foundation, they're doing something else. You just gravitate to that. And you give them right, an they're avenue. They're going to a game night, yeah. or they're going to a, a club. You know, they they have an activity where they will feel like they're part of the group. They're going to feel loved. They're going to feel I like they don't they're, care how old you are. We want to feel like we're accepted and loved. Right, and 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 and, and significant. Yeah. Like people will miss me if I'm not there. Right, I need to go. These are my friends. You know, and then hopefully that's the ones that's going to call and say, "Hey, why weren't you there last night? We had a game night last night. We went to to a church activity. Why weren't you there?" Right. We missed you. Right. And so, you know, I know for my youngest daughter, she struggled with with a peer group in high school big time. But her youth group, in other words, when she went to summer camp, she would just as soon do anything but miss summer camp because why not? Because of the teaching and the preaching and the music. Although that was great. Okay. And and no doubt they fostered the community. And I'm so grateful that they did. But the real issue, right, was you know, she was going to be with her friends. She was going to feel loved and, and, and part of it and whatever. And, and the idea is we were meant to be in families. We were just meant to have sisters, even yeah. if you're a brother. You know, and, and I'm going to trip back. This past week's been kind of a tough week. But my father passed away on Wednesday. But you know what? The, one of the most proudest things of the whole that whole situation was Wednesday morning around the bed, took his last breath, all my brothers, my brother and my three sisters were there and a couple of my nieces. And then uh, throughout the next couple of hours, all my family came into that room. And, and it was actually his brother's arrival that kind of ushered in your, your father making the transition, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, my Ray's uh, brother came in, Dickie, and um, 
told him he loved him and says, you know, I love you, Ray, don't you? And he nodded his head, yes. And while he was nodding, he took his last breath, and it was just peaceful. And I tell you what, if we had about a, an hour to, of the show, I could tell how God worked through all of that. And it's, it's, you know, when we have the hope in Jesus Christ and we are believers, and especially when your family is, wow, what a difference that makes. I've been into a lot of, set by a lot of beds with people uh, taking their last breath and, and just struggling to, to hold on to, to life on, on this side of eternity. And those that don't have the hope in Jesus Christ, man, that is a sad room to be in. Right. Or, can you, or no family. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I just think how cool it is for him, for Ray, um, uh, that there he was surrounded by his kids. Yeah. Right. They were all there, They're every all there. single one of them. And then his brothers, the last thing he hears is a man right in his face, you know, and and saying, I love you. And and that man was his brother. I mean, his, you know, and that's significant. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of things we don't, things that we can overlook in, in, our, in our life journey is the importance of that. And at the end of the day, that's really the only thing that is important besides our relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that relationship with our family is based on and that as you talked about earlier is that that we're, we're all brothers because that we're all that same blood we're all that 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 thread of jesus christ that binds us together and that's why it just breaks god's heart when we don't reconcile our families right if you read first john <laughs> just read the whole thing and look at the overarching thing if you hate your brother Right? And that goes on all sorts of levels. But I mean, your real live physical brother, you hate him, really? You know, like I said, we, we just spent a week at man camp. And several of the men there, that was what we worked on, was their relationship with their brother. And I saw these men cry like baby. I mean, get down on their face and ask God for help with this situation. And I got to see God restore it. And I got to see, like, man, these were huge miracles. But huge, huge miracles on the pinnacle, on the foundation, right? Because this was a man being reconciled to his brother. You don't think God is going, yay, team? Yeah. We, we don't always... We don't understand the, the, the damage that it does to us. We can hate somebody, and we think that it doesn't really affect us, but when we have that hatred for somebody in our heart, man, it is a lifetime struggle for us, and we don't even realize it's, it's the damage it does to us. Yeah, you know? so it's a, it's a beautiful thing that God did to keep us out of the bulrushes, you know, and I can just tell you that if that my wife— Right. If I'm in the bulrushes with my sisters or my brother, or whatever, she's always there <laughs> to make sure that I re-engage. Like Robbie, have you called your sister? You know, Robbie, have you? <laughs> all those kind of things. You know that that's the thing about the sister is she's always trying to make sure that you don't, you know, get lost. Yeah. So. We don't get in the weeds, that's for sure. Yeah, there you go. So thank you all for listening so much today. I'm so honored that you would take your time with us. And uh, remember, you can find out more about the thorn or all the stuff that we're talking about at ChristianCarGuy.com as well as the Jesus Labor Love single uh, car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. The application's all there at ChristianCarGuy.com. Now remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went. Got it all done in 33 years. Thanks for listening.
This is the Truth Network.